Welcome to IVP's Future of Work podcast. In this series, we talk with experts from the fastest growing companies and discuss the ins and outs of the future of work in the ever-changing environment. If you like what you hear, consider following us on SoundCloud or subscribing to our podcast on iTunes. Thanks and enjoy the show. Welcome back to a special edition podcast on the future of work. In this third episode, I talk with Ashutosh Garb, who's currently the founder and CEO of IVP portfolio company Eightfold. He's a second time founder, having started Bloomreach, and also a former research scientist at Compaq, IBM, and Google. Ashutosh, thanks for joining us. Let me quick give your bio. So you graduated from IIT Delhi, and you're in that IIT mafia, followed by a PhD at Champaign-Urbana in Illinois. You then held a number of illustrious research positions, first at Compaq, then IBM, then Google. Now, Eightfold is your second startup. You were originally a founder and CTO at Bloomreach, where you stayed for almost nine years, and most recently the founder and CEO at Eightfold. Let's do this. If you could take a minute and explain Eightfold in your words, I think that would be helpful for our audience. Eightfold is a company focused on the mission of providing the right career to everyone in the world. We started the company three years back and today we have built a talent intelligence platform that is being used by some of the largest employers in the world to hire, engage, retain and build a diverse workforce. Okay, great. So, I mean, let's start broadly. I think Eightfold really emphasizes the early stages of talent management, starting with hiring all the way through to employee management and then the ongoing experience once you're hired. Another company in our portfolio, Humu, who's also on this podcast, is focused heavily on taking what is the existing talent base and then creating that stronger purpose and productivity within the workforce. What that tells me is, you know, we have two companies, both loosely in HR, tackling very different problems. And it says there's got to be a ton of opportunity to evolve HR human resources as we know it. So what do you see as the opportunity in HR broadly? So if you take HR as a space, right, over the last 20 years, the world has changed materially. few examples of that. One is the rate at which these skills are evolving is faster than ever. In the past, you are working on the same thing for years and years. And today, every few years, technology stack completely changes. The way things get sold changes. The way people communicate changes. So that's one big change that is happening in the society. The second thing is in four years, 75% of the workforce globally will be millennials. What that means is how we think of talent can no longer be the same thing. People care about their career. Yeah. It's no longer about job. People are switching jobs every two, three years. In fact, many people are switching careers every seven, eight years. Most people will have at least three careers in their lifetime. But on the other side, your manager has been in the same job for less than you in general. So no one is there to guide you with what you should be doing. No one is uh, out there for an employee to handhold them and guide them in this process. On the other side, as an enterprise, talent is more important to you today than it has ever been in the past. The core asset of Google, Facebook, Salesforce is the talent they have. So how can they stay ahead of the curve is the only thing it depends on in his own is talent, right? Now, today the HR infrastructure that exists in the enterprises is from 20 years now. The HR infrastructure has not changed one bit. Today, we still focus on the core employee experience of payroll and benefits on one side. On the other side, we still focus on applicant tracking systems because it's tracking the candidates. But if you go and ask any large enterprise, how many people in your company can really learn blockchain quickly? The answer is we have no idea. 
Mm-hmm. How many people in your company can be put on this project based on their current and past experience? Uh, answer is we don't know that, right? So the HR has not evolved. At Eightfold, what we realized is that there is a huge space of talent that is untapped. Outside Techco, HRIS and ATS, enterprises need something to better understand, manage talent. And not manage in the traditional sense of payroll benefits, but manage talent in terms of their skills, professional, their potential, and so on. So today, when we are going and talking to enterprises, right, we position it as an entire talent life cycle. It's starting with who you should be engaging, how you should be engaging, who you should be bringing on board in your company, how you should be allocating projects across these people as they're coming in, mm-hmm. who you should be upskilling, who you should be reskilling, what skills you should be focused on, what skills your competitors are focused on, what skills best of the breed companies are focused on, and enabling them to achieve that. Yeah, that's really interesting. One thing I noted is you talk a lot about the shift from being employer-centric to employee-centric, and my guess is that is a big adjustment for enterprises. I mean, can I be flippant and ask, is this driven by your comment about the emergence of the millennial for workforce and what percentage of the workforce they'll make up? And with that, you know, enterprises, I imagine Mm -hmm. this has to come full circle to where enterprises see the benefit to operating this way or they just wouldn't adopt. So what can you reflect on that? So your question is why we talk about being employee-centric versus employer-centric. Mm-hmm. There are various ways to look at that. Once you understand the people and you put them in the right place where they can thrive and grow, the outcome you get from those people is so much more than otherwise. Like from our experience, right? Anytime we had that flexibility to execute in our way, we have done so much better than otherwise, right? So the goal is not to say that it is about employee or employer, right? Employment is really bringing the two together in the right fashion. And in the past, humans have been treated like a resource, human capital, human resource, right? It's not about just these are one body. These are people who have aspirations, right? If you can guide them, motivate them, then they'll do wonders for you, right? Mm -hmm. So the goal is still to make enterprises successful. But everyone is now realizing that if you were to focus on the people, then they will do so much better than otherwise. And this is what I saw at Google. I think uh, Google did a phenomenal job when it comes to people, talent in the early days. They were like, let's bring the best people and then given an environment where they can thrive, let them innovate. And personally, I had an even more extreme experience. When I joined Google, I joined the research team. I didn't even meet my manager for the first two months. All I was told is, Ashu, now that you are here, go figure out something to help the company. So I think it is more driven by if we focus on employees, we'll do better as a company than if we just focus on the company, not the employees. Yeah, that's exciting thinking about that as the future state of work and engagement with an employer. On the people side, hiring has a lot of similarities to venture capital. So let's take a customer on your website like Capital One. You know, they have to find candidates using Eightfold. You know, for us, we have to find companies, then vet. But then there's the whole piece of selling or closing the candidate. In our case, selling or closing you on the idea of working with IVP to come work for Capital One. So you guys can very clearly solve the workflow and sort of the AI augmented vetting and all of that. Mm -hmm. What about the interpersonal, the selling, winning, closing part of hiring? Do you expect this to remain very focused on human interaction? And also, have you learned best practices from your, your vantage at Eightfold on how teams can do better at this winning piece? Absolutely. That is a very, very interesting and a good question. Today, the process is we go reach out to a candidate, largely a very cold email, saying that we have an opening for this role, please come and engage with us. Then the person shows up on the website, sees the job description, which could be full of buzzwords, 
or too lengthy, too many requirements, and most people won't even apply. If they decide to engage, then they will go through an interview process. Four people will show up on the interview panel. They will give a feedback. Company will make an offer if everything goes well. And a recruiter or a hiring manager then will be involved in closing the candidate, right? Now, on the other side, what does venture funds do? And they do a phenomenal job at this thing, right? First, in most cases, funding does not happen in one meeting. You have to build a relationship with those people. Second is they try to connect with you in a human session and they try to communicate information to you that is relevant to that individual, right? And they are involved in that entire process all the time. So the AI and automation, the goal of that is not to take the human away from the process or to make the process more mechanical. But the goal of that is to actually make the entire process a lot more human. And let me explain that how it manifests itself. So what we have done as an example, we now power the career website for many of our customers. When an individual goes to that career website, system says that instead of you start searching for the jobs and trying to figure out our terminology internally within the company, just go give us your profile and we will tell you what is the most relevant job for you. Now, what this does is that ease up the process dramatically. Now, as a candidate, you are not scanning through 500 job descriptions, but now you see the three that are most relevant to you. But then it's not only just showing those, it starts explaining to the candidate why this is a good job for you. You are very likely to get it. The other people who are in this job are very much like you. They have the same set of skills, but then also highlight few people this person is going to work with. Because for us, ultimately, it's a social world, right? We want to be able to relate to those people. So we now start exposing the employees of the company to this person who this person is likely to work with, making it a lot more human. If this person does not know few things, we are able to communicate both to the recruiter and the candidate that you might not know these things, but that's okay. Based on everything that you have done in the past, we are very confident you can learn that stuff quickly. And each of these things are solving for different things, right? Some people don't apply because they are afraid of failure. Some people walk out of the process because they feel they may not be able to succeed in their environment. Some people don't accept the offer because they are like, I'm too good. I don't know who I'm going to work with. Are those people good or not, right? And what it does is that now it starts, it answers all those three questions for these people. Mm-hmm. And as a result, what we now see is that the number of female applicants has gone up by more than 65% in our customer base. And the reason is because like there's this Harvard study which showed that women will not apply for a job unless they feel they're 100% qualified, right? Now, what we have done is we have taken that self-assessment out of the picture and said that actually you're qualified, you're a good fit, you have all the skills that are needed for the job, don't worry about it. And suddenly now a lot more of them are applying. Now, at the tail end, what we are also now in helping enterprises understand is, mm-hmm. are there people in our company who might know this person? And not just because they're connected on LinkedIn, but most of us, they might have worked with this individual in the previous company. They might have gone to the school with this individual. So those people can further help in closing the candidate. Huh, smart. So you can actually have warm intros where you might not have realized you had them. Exactly. I mean, a lot of what you just talked about is sort of the positives of the AI-enabled AI algorithm, how you provide leverage to people but while maintaining human. Can we just touch on, I mean, there are probably some negative impacts, like what if there's bias in the training data or the underlying algorithm or what responsibility do you think a software vendor like Eightfold has to expose the logic leading to a hiring outcome or a decision versus just simply serving an answer? So let me start by one other question is many times when you ask individuals, what's the biggest difference between machines and humans? And the standard answer is 
more compute, machines can do more processing, they can have bigger memory, they can access the data more quickly. But one of the biggest difference between machine and human is the ability to forget and ignore. You cannot make human forget things easily. At this point, you know my gender and you cannot know it, but a machine can ignore it and can be made to forget. Now, how does that map to what we do? When you are using AI, while we can solve for many things, but it also comes with huge responsibility. That, and so it is extremely important to ensure that there are no biases, but it's just not having no biases. How do you help highlight the biases that may even exist in the organization and mitigate those? Mm-hmm. Because the goal is not just to remove a bias, but really solve the problem over here, right? So I'll give you a few examples of what we have done and what are the cases when I'm more scared than otherwise, right? AI is a powerful technology, which if done right, can do miracles, but if people don't know how this thing works, then they can completely mess it up. And that is what happened in the Amazon case, right? They trained it wrong, they validated, uh, tested it on the wrong data, they didn't put enough transparency in, on, in the platform, and that led to disaster over there, right? So very first thing you have to ensure is that are you using large enough data sets? So in our case today, we are training our algorithms not based on just one company's data or two companies' data, mm-hmm. but pretty much entire workforce. So we are analyzing the careers of more than a billion people to build our models. Second is the algorithms that we are using. We have invented what we call equal parity algorithms that ensures that at every step of the process, the behavior of the algorithm is independent of people's characteristics like race, gender, ethnicity, age, and even unknown characteristics or that the ones that are not easily acceptable things like is someone part of LGBT or any other groups. So we do that. Third is you have to put enough audit and monitoring processes in place to ensure that your algorithms are doing the right thing. Fourth is you want to build a system that is very transparent so that you can be always explained to the hiring manager, to the recruiter, to the candidates why what decision is being made in a transparent fashion. Because if I go out to a candidate today, the biggest frustration as a candidate is, can you just tell me why you're not hiring me? And companies are like, no, no, we can't just tell you that. Wow. On the other hand, if I can tell that to a candidate that you're not qualified for this job because this job requires these three skills, which based on your profile and experience, we believe you don't have. But on the other hand, if you are, believe that you have those skills, can you give us more supporting evidence so that we can incorporate that? Now suddenly you have given the opportunity to the candidate to understand what they have for the job, what they don't have for the job, right? And how can they acquire it? At the same time, you can tell a recruiter that when you are seeing a candidate, this person has these skills and these three other skills that are required for the job, please interview him on these three skills because this person does not seem to have those, but in a very transparent fashion. Other thing that we have done through technology now is a functionality around masking. And what it does is that from every profile, when a recruiter or hiring manager is looking at them, it can remove things like name and indicators of gender, race, ethnicity, age. It can also mask name of schools and colleges. And that has dramatically reduced the bias. And the, after that, what we do is we also provide rich analytics so that we can measure how yeah. a candidate is moving through the process and is a bias creeping in. Because the standard pushback could be, sure, Ashu, you can remove the name and gender during the screening time, right? Mm-hmm. But when people show up for the interview, they will still see that stuff. Absolutely, they will see it, right? And that is where the analytics comes in, that I can say that, you know what, you had to screen 40 women and 50 men, but you only made offer two women and 10 men. There's a huge bias over there. So we have, like in some of our customers, their diversity pipeline has gone up by almost 40% as a result of this thing. Wow, that's impressive. Here, I thought maybe I'd stump you with that question, but you uh, clearly have thought very thoroughly about this. 
Uh, and the, the other important thing over here, I would just add to it, is what problem are you solving for, right? And we always say that the problem that we are solving for is right career for everyone in the world. And that means we have to solve not only for the people who have, mm-hmm. but also for the people who need help. And that is why we have a huge focus on diversity. Yeah. Well, right career for all the people in the world. It sounds like a large task ahead of you. We're excited to be working with you together on it. Thank you. Thank you to everyone today for listening, and I thoroughly hope you enjoyed our discussions. Thank you for listening to IVP's Future of Work podcast. You can learn more about us on IVP.com or join the conversation on Twitter by tweeting at IVP.